0: Hello, friends, and welcome to H.C. Weekly. This is a podcast proclaiming the love of God on display through Jesus Christ. We're so glad you're with us, and I need to tell you, we've been expecting you. We encourage you to tune in for an important announcement at the end. And now it's time for today's message. We hope you enjoy.
1: You know, when I'm out and about sometimes, I'm approached by someone wanting money, And since I typically, I don't carry cash on me, it's easy for me to say, I'm sorry, but I don't even have any cash to give you. So uh, now some of you ladies have to be a little more careful because as that situation amps up in our city, some of these these men are getting aggressive and following women to their cars and things like that. And you have to be mindful of your surroundings and, and know how to diffuse that situation. But here's the point, you can't give to somebody else, what you don't possess. Yep. Yep. E- even if you had something, let's just say that maybe I forgot I had some money in my wallet from a weeks ago, and I just hadn't remembered it, and that's why it's still there, because <laughs> if I have remembered it, it probably wouldn't be there, right? But let's say I'm unaware, but I do have money, you know? Even if you have something, but you're unaware that you have it, you can't offer it to somebody who needs it. You can't. You know, sometimes a son in law will say, Do you have this particular tool? I'll say, I don't know. I think I do. I'm not sure. I'll have to go look and see if I have it. If I have it, they're free to use it. If I don't have it, I tell them, I'm sorry, you're going to have to figure something else out. I don't have that one. You know? So. If I don't have it, I can't give it. If I don't know I have it, I can't give it. There's a story in in Scripture that reveals this to us. In fact, uh, it tells us that Peter and John were going up to the temple one day to pray, and daily there was a lame man from birth who was put at the gate beautiful, and he was put there each day to beg for his sustenance. On this day, Peter went with no spiritual limitations and looked at the man and said, look on us. Now, most of us, when we encounter somebody who's begging in these modern times, uh, you stop at a light and they got to say, you don't even want to make eye contact, right? Peter looks at the guy, he says, look on us. And then he says something very profound to the man that we find in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have. I don't have any of that. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took the man by the hand, and the man stood to his feet, healed. Now, this is not a formula for making the lame walk any time you see a person who is lame, and many people make this kind of mistake. They think just because they saw an example of something in Scripture... That if you do it the way it was done, that's the why it will happen. That's not faith. That's not faith in the person of the Holy Spirit speaking. That's faith in a formula. You don't get true biblical faith from formulas. You can't formulate how to heal a person. You can't formulate how to do words of knowledge, words of wisdom of the gifts. They are relationship-based, all of these things. Everything Jesus did flowed out from a relationship position with his Father and in submission to the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't come to earth with a bunch of formulas for how you heal certain situations, certain conditions. In fact, we find in Scripture that he healed the same conditions in very diverse ways. Mm -hmm. It doesn't appear he did the same thing again. He adjusted whatever the situation was. So this is not a formula that Peter's giving us. This reveals something far more important than a formula to be copied. See, Peter, had he not known by faith what he possessed in the spirit, he wouldn't have had anything to offer the lame man. Not just no silver and gold. He would have had nothing. He would have had to go by the man, passing by. In the natural Peter didn't have a solution. But in the Holy Spirit, Peter had something he could offer that man that was worth far more than silver or gold. And you too have something to offer others. Time to buy the Holy Spirit appropriately, according to faith. You have things that they can't buy, they'll never be able to buy it. See, if Peter had lacked faith uh, producing Holy Spirit revelation, that's where faith comes from Holy Spirit revelation about what he had, if, if, the, if the Holy Spirit hadn't revealed to Peter what he had, that man would have spent the rest of his life lame and begging. Think about that. This is why it's important for us to get faith. There are people that need us to walk in faith. Faith in Peter's case, removed limitation. You know, to encounter somebody who has been lame from birth, you're not thinking a formula because that could let you down. You either have a revelation of what you have to offer or you don't. Praise God he did because that man desperately needed it. Yeah. Peter knew by the Spirit what he had to give. If Peter were alive today and trained according to some of the popular ideas in Christianity, he wouldn't say or do anything like what we read in Acts. You wouldn't find it in the Bible. In fact, Peter might still say, silver and gold, I have. I don't have that, you know? But instead of saying, what I do have I give to you, and taking the man's hand to have him stand to his feet healed, Peter would have worn himself out and others along with him trying to implement natural solutions so the man wouldn't have to be a beggar anymore.
0: Oh, man. That's so true. Yep. Yeah.
1: He would have raised up a non-profit organization. Yeah. <laughs> After all, you know what the world says. Knowledge is power. And whoever finds it has all they could ever need in this life because they can apply a solution to anything. That's faith in the human condition. That's the tower of Babel, folks. We will build this tower and ascend to heaven. We will do in our own might and wisdom, our own intellectual understanding and abilities physically, we will do something ourselves to get where we want to be. Self-reliance, natural thinking. And what did God do at the Tower of Babel in Genesis? He dispersed them. He, cons- he, he, gave, he just diversified their languages and dispersed them. They couldn't, they couldn't talk to con- continue doing what they were doing in defiance. Even now, if you listen to major leaders and stuff, They're of the opinion that the world could just unite. We could fix every problem. And and we could live in a utopian ideal, you know, all across this world. Man is never going to fix the human condition. You can't do that. Our problems are God-sized, folks. Humanity's issues are God-sized problems. They're not man-sized problems. They're God-sized. Now, many in churches today have been lulled to sleep by well-meaning but powerless speakers. As a result, many have oftentimes been cheated out of a walk in the spirit as these ministers seem more concerned with whether or not people could pass a Bible quiz and live somewhat morally than they are if these people are walking according to the spirit. But it is only Holy Spirit revelation that produces faith and empowers you to live from the source of life that Christ is and by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus baptizes with. You realize that the Lord and Savior baptizes people with the Holy Spirit. That's what the scriptures. That's what he testified to. That's what the prophet testified to. And that's what the apostles testified to. We need Holy Spirit revelation. We need Holy Spirit presence. Leaders who tend to instruct according to the natural more than the spiritual can empower you. They can't ever empower you to be or to manifest the you that you are in Christ Jesus. Intellectualism, even cloaked with Christianity, cannot empower you to be the you that you've been made to be in Christ. It takes the Holy Spirit. It requires the power, the life, the vibrance of the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says it this way. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I know you can go to seminary and learn Hebrew and learn Greek and learn Aramaic. You can learn the structure of the cultural languages of the Bible. And that's great that you can do that. But that doesn't make you an expert on the things of God. That means that you understand the way languages work. You know, that means that you could tell somebody, well, really what that word right there in that Bible right there, what that truly meant at that day and time is this. And it was usually used in this kind of tense. And it was, you know, you you follow what I'm saying? And that's all well and good. You know, in education, we taught our kids, Sheila did, when she was homeschooling our kids, she, she labored on making sure that they understood reading comprehension. Boy, we need that back. Because we could communicate just a little bit better if people learned how to comprehend what it was they were listening to and reading. You know? Reading comprehension, what was it? You just read that, what is it really saying? Yes. Wow. And now somebody who understands what it's really saying is basically able to guide you in realizing you missed a point. You, you know, if you try to speed read, you might have a, a, a general kind of overarching idea, but, but if you missed out some of the details, you may ascribe wrong motives to the main characters. Come on. You may not understand how they ended up making the decision that they made. You might not understand how that outcome even occurred. Because you did a lot of assumption. You just hit some of the high points and then you surrounded that with assumption. So in life issues, reading comprehension, being able to read a room, catch on, you know, social cues, Listen intently to the person who's speaking to you. So not trying to think of what you're going to say before it's even time for you to say anything, but really hearing and listening what the other person's saying so that you can give a, a more tuned and accurate response that indicates that you're in communication, you're in contact and connection with them. All these things are good. They're not wrong. They're good. But they are not what make for true spirituality. They can be a useful tool. But they're not the solution. The things of the spirit is much more than mere Bible knowledge or morality. If the things of the spirit are limited to morality in general, then there's no point to this scripture that we just read at all. The fact is, confidence in your natural understanding can hinder you where the kingdom of God and who you are in Christ is concerned. Because the things of the Spirit are supernatural. They operate in a realm outside our natural realm. And at times invade our natural realm and alter natural situations. My wife had a uh, mole... On her forehead. She's had it for years. So she just recently. Revealed to me. No I'm not throwing her under the bus. She's a little. She's a little suspect of whether she should give a testimony on it. Because of why she said Lord remove it. So Anyway. I'm sending them all your way to ask. Oh Next time, see, you'll get up and just go ahead and testify. So anyway. She, was just last week. Yeah, just last week. She had that mole for years, you know, and it was it was fairly decent sized mole. <laughs> so, but she, but she, it, it was a mole color anyway. She she spoke to the Lord. She spoke to the Lord about it, and she said, "Lord, if this is true about my husband and I, then get rid of this mole." True. true story. Started to tingle. Yeah. And then she basically she felt the tingle, but she didn't think it because it still looked like it was there. I thought it was my imagination. She yeah, she thought she was imagining the tingle. She goes to bed that night. She gets up the next morning. She goes to rub it something comes off and it's not there anymore. It's gone. True story. It just came off.
0: I pray weird things.
1: That's supernatural. Yes. That it showed no signs of dying or nothing like no. that. It was it was a As far as moles go, I guess you, uh, permanent, healthy mole. (laughs) Can you call it that? I don't know. You know? I mean, as far as its existence, it was doing good. Okay? But she speaks to the Lord about it. And she really needed a confirmation anyway on the thing she was asking him. You know? And uh, she said, do you ever do that? And she says, no, it's always me because you're not creative. (laughs) I said, no, if he says something, I just simply believe it. (laughs) So, but she did that and the Lord took that mole right off her forehead. It's not there. It's gone. So, or her temple is where it was, I guess. But that's, that's supernatural coming into the natural and doing something that defies logic. There's no way you can scientifically come and just say that there's any reason for in just a 24-hour span of time for something, or 12-hour for that matter, something to just disappear like. It should come off. No treatments. No nothing. Nothing. No medications. No freezing, no cutting, no nothing. Come on. Things of the spirit are more than more morality or Bible, you know, knowledge. If you overemphasize on your natural abilities or the lack thereof, it can be a hindrance. If you get fixated on your strengths, you rely on them. If you get fixated on your weaknesses, you contend you can't do certain things because of them. Both can be dangerous. You can hold on to those things from an unhealthy perspective. That becomes a hindrance to you. The Lord doesn't want you to operate in this life according to your weaknesses or your strengths. He wants you to operate according to the spirit. That's what he wants. Everything to do with Christ and his kingdom, saints, is received by faith in the word of God spoken to you by the Holy Spirit. Everything. Not just some things, everything, everything. That's why you need the Holy Spirit always. Jesus said something that's really important. It's in John 6, verse 63, in the first portion of 64. Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh, listen to what he says about the flesh. It profits nothing. Nada. Nothing. It needs to be the spirit. The spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. What is Jesus trying to tell us? You need the Holy Spirit to be able to live by the Spirit. It is the essence of real relationship with God. True faith has heard from the Holy Spirit and believes. Despite whether or not it can be seen in the natural. That's what real faith does. It produces supernatural power to be and to do based on what God says despite who you think you are. Or what you might be capable of. It won't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I can't go do that, God. I don't have an education for it. He didn't ask you about your education if he asked you to go do something. I never once had God, when he called me to the ministry, say, you're kind of short on the education side of the coin there, Tim. I don't know, man. probably should send you some money and put you in school and do a few things here before I... Release you. I'm so glad he didn't do that. Because you know what he did? He said, here's somebody I want you to pray. They need a healing. Here's somebody that needs to know who I am. Speak to them. Here's somebody who needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lay hands on them. Pray for them. Get them to receive it. That's what he did. When he called the disciples, he didn't say, you know, you guys are just ordinary folk. I want you guys to sign up, go up to the temple, sign up with the Pharisees up there and enter some courses and, um, and get, some, get some real working Bible knowledge so, so you can do the work. This earth transforming work, this all over the world global impact. You understand he took tax collectors, fishermen, ordinary Joes, to accomplish world impact. Why? So that not one of them could say, you know, I paid my dues. I put in my time. It made perfect sense that he should call me and send me out like that. With an education like I got. He'd be foolish to overlook me. (laughs) Hello. But that's what the natural would have an inclination to do. You need the spirit to live by the spirit. It is the essence of real relationship with God. True faith. It's, it's, it's based on what you hear from the Holy Spirit and what you believe. Despite whether or not it can be seen in the natural, you believe it. It produces supernatural power, saints. Listen to what it says in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, word there is not logos. It's not written word. It's the, it's the Greek word rhema. Basically, it means an utterance, utterance that comes with audio. Now, you may not hear God in measurable audible, you know, decibels, but you hear him and it is as if it is audible to you. Maybe you have heard him audibly. But you hear him. And I promise you, there's not one person in here that truly knows Jesus Christ has not heard his voice. You just haven't figured out how to discern it yet. That's all. You're hearing him. Rhema is when you perceive God is speaking to you, it's not merely reading the the Logos, which means a written word recording what God spoke. Rhema is not about reading comprehension. It's not. The idea is that whether you read it to yourself or hear it spoken in some other way, you receive it as God speaking to you personally. That is when his word is rhema that produces faith. It is more than just agreement with the truth because you can't deny it. See, Christian philosophers love to sit and have the debates in such a way that the opposing side, the viewpoint, can't really rebuttal it, refute it. So they're forced to say you've got a point, but saying you've got a point doesn't produce faith. You understand what I'm saying? You could be backed into a corner where you'd have no possible way to argue your way out. And say, well, okay, I agree, I agree, I agree, but that does not equal faith. It just means you can't argue with it. And that's what happens when people take the natural approach with others and just want to debate the factual truth of God's word and not say, Holy Spirit, give me something this person needs to hear From you that flicks the switch on. You can offer the best argument imaginable to man. Thinking that there's no way they couldn't come to faith in Jesus. And then they don't. And what are you? Disappointed. Discouraged. You just tried to win somebody according to the natural understanding. It doesn't work that way. They, like anyone else, have to have Holy Spirit revelation. It doesn't mean we don't speak the truth. We do. But we ought to be focusing real hard on, Holy Spirit, how are you leading in this moment? Not I was trained to answer this way. Working in relationship, in tune, in flow with the Holy Spirit. Looks way different than programmed by a set of formulas on what to do. When you hear the Spirit speak, that's rhema. It produces faith. It's more than just an agreement with the truth because you can't deny it. It's way more personal than that. It's His word spoken and applied to you personally. That makes it Ramah. So what kind of faith does this kind of hearing produce? Well Hebrews 11 one tells us. Verse 1 of Hebrews 11 says. Now faith is the substance. Of things hoped for. The evidence. Of things not seen. You don't have faith because you witnessed something. You have faith because you didn't. Witness something with your eyes. You heard it with your heart. There's a difference. Substance in the Greek means setting under, support. If you wanted to do it figuratively, you could say concretely, essence. Abstractly, assurance. In essence, it's confidence. Substance. According to scripture, faith is when you're absolutely convinced of something because you are confident God spoke it to you personally. That's faith. Therefore, you believe it, whether you see physical evidence of it in the now or not. It is not dependent upon a change of circumstance to be active. This kind of faith is substance and it produces a sure hope that can't be shaken. That's the kind of faith I want to walk in. It's the kind of faith that produces action and direction. Faith is not an idle thing. It is not motionless. It's not static. You can't have God speak to you and you know it. And you believe it. And you remain stationary about it. It affects change in your life. It sets direction in your life. It's where direction comes from. Faith is not strong desire, saints. Many times strong desire is mistaken for faith, but it's not faith. It's so similar to faith, many fail to discern the difference. Strong desire mimics being full of hope. But it's a generic kind of hope, more like a wish upon a star kind of hope. You know, Disney taught us that one. Huh? If you wish upon a star, makes no difference where you are. Good luck with that. How's wishing upon a star working for you, right? How's strong desire working for you? That's the kind of hope that goes away if the thing hoped for isn't manifested quickly in the natural. Right. That is so- Therefore, it's easily discouraged and it's discarded. A lack of natural evidence can end strong desire. It's just so easy to kill it. Yeah. It's, subject to su- it's subject to your circumstances. That's how you know. It's not grounded in a personal word from God that is confidently believed. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and I am convinced. Of what? He is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. What day? The day of his return." Abraham had something more than just a strong desire. He had a real faith. that kept him on journey with God despite any lack of natural evidence. He had faith. Look at Hebrews eleven eight 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. You see how faith produced an action? James says it this way. You claim you have faith without works. I show you my faith by my works. He's not saying he's works oriented. He's saying that the things that he believes God has shown him, he does something with it. Yes. He acts on it. <laughs> the, the end result is works, right? So show me your faith by your works, not by just making statements. If you're making statements, like for instance, if somebody comes to me and says, The Lord show me I'm supposed to get a new job a week later, I run into them, well, what's going on about that job front? Well, I don't know yet. The Lord hadn't shown me what it is. So you, have you done any resume work? Well, no. Have you gone online to solicit for putting in any applications? Well, no. You're wasting my time with a bunch of foolish talk. You're asking me to get all emotionally charged and worked up into your situation over something that's just a strong desire. Not true biblical faith. You're not evidencing your faith by taking any steps or actions in the direction of your faith. But you want me to join you on a rabbit trail journey of life. Use up time, resource, emotional energies. Right? To go on a rabbit trail. And then... If it don't happen, I become partly accused for its failure. Hello. If I don't join you, I get accused for not caring. Sometimes you just can't win. Why? Because the church is not being trained on where faith comes from. And how to develop in their faith. You want the next verse? Yes, please. Out of Hebrews 11. Yes, please. And by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Yes. It was faith in what God said that enabled Noah to spend a hundred years building an ark to save his household while preaching to his generation despite no evidence of water. And ridicule and rejection from others. Yeah. You talk about dedication. Yeah. That's a long time. Yes. Do you realize he didn't start building that thing till after he was 500 years old? Crazy. And I'll share that with you. For that back then, 500 years might have been 40s and 50s of our modern times. You are never too old to walk according to the spirit. Because a walk according to the spirit is not relegated to your natural capabilities. That's why it's so beautiful. Beautiful. There is nobody in the kingdom of God who has absolutely no worth or usefulness. Everybody in the kingdom of God. Everybody has worth and can be used by the Holy Spirit. Because he's not worried about your natural capabilities. Hebrews eleven seven says, By faith Noah. Being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Let me just wrap this up. When you know by faith who he says you are. And what you can do. You manifest it. I'm telling you, Bible knowledge does not produce biblical faith. You have to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. And that's relationship-based. If you try to come into this thing and just think that if I accrue a bunch of Bible knowledge, I'm excelling well beyond my peers, you're already making a huge mistake. Hey, accrue Bible knowledge. Nothing wrong with that. But understand something. That is not where your faith comes from. When you're in there and if you're just reading it to read it, you're not meditating. You're not asking the Holy Spirit to show you what at this point in your life he wants you to see. He wants you to see certain things so he can empower you to do something about it. He wants to change your life. By the way, just because you get older in life doesn't mean there's not room for transition, transformation, and change. There is. Man, I'm getting challenged to beat the band. One thing after another after another. Major deals. You know? Yeah, I know you trusted me then. Do you trust me now? I know you followed me then. Are you going to follow me now? I know you made that hard decision back there. Will you make one now? He doesn't want me to live off the past. He wants me to live in the now according to the spirit. He wants me to walk according to the spirit. By the way, young people, let me give you a life lesson. Unequally yoked in the scripture is not just simply you love him and he doesn't love you or he loves you and you don't love him. It's not that he's Baptist and you're Methodist. Unequally yoked is as simple as if you're trying to walk according to the Spirit and He doesn't even believe there is one that you get baptized with and then you yield to throughout all your life, you're about to put yourself in a situation that's going to become a nightmare for you because you become covenantally yoked together, but you can't go the same direction. And it becomes a nightmare. And then you come and ask me for counsel and then I point out, you probably shouldn't have been young to start with. Yes. And then he gets mad if I try to talk to him about the Holy Spirit and you get mad because you think I'm trying to ruin your relationship. <laughs> and I'm in a catch-22. Hallelujah. Yeah. Why? Because you were not walking according to the Spirit. The Spirit is not going to yoke you to somebody who's going to pull you down. And always hinder you from doing the will of God. That's not going to happen. The way you know it's of the Lord is they got as much passion, as much determination, a big faith. And they're looking for somebody to be on journey in that direction. They're not just looking for somebody with a pretty face or a handsome, you know, look. They're not looking for somebody because they can be funny. They're not looking for somebody because they do these things. They're looking for somebody who is walking with the spirit of God like they are. When you know by faith who he says you are and what he says you can do, you manifest it. In Christ, you're set free from being limited by your natural weaknesses or abilities. Just as Jesus said, all things are possible to who? Him who believes. There's no qualifying statement. I roomed with a man who claimed he had been in the Lord for 20 some odd years. I was fresh in the Lord. And I'd sit at night and we'd have discussions on the spirit and stuff. And this man would look across the table. He says, how can you know what you know? Where do you get this wisdom from? I've been at this this long. And I'm learning from you. He said, what's my problem? I said, you've never laced up your tennis shoes and took a walk. He said, what? I said, wisdom is the tennis shoes of the kingdom. You have to put them on, lace them up, and take a walk. Wisdom never tells you how to sit and do nothing. Wisdom tells you how to achieve how to accomplish, how to overcome, how to become. It's what wisdom does. Yes. And if you've been at this for over 20 years and nothing's changed, right. you never put on the shoes and laced them up. So he asked me, he said, what, what does that look like? I said, you've got to start believing what you You're saying all this stuff and you're saying it academically. But you're not believing it because if you believed it, you would have already been different. It would have changed things in your life. The church has gotten so happy with people if they just say the right scriptures. And in some places it's being told that anything the Holy Spirit actually is revealed to do in the scripture is of the devil. If tongues are of the devil, why don't you hear it in bars? Why don't pimps use it? Why don't pushers speak in tongue? If they're the devil, you should be hearing all that stuff everywhere that wickedness occurs. I mean, that'd be fantastic code language for human traffickers. But you never hear about that, do you? The only place you hear about it is in the church. Why? Because it's of the Holy Spirit. But it's gotten so far removed from general, what should be normal Christianity, that if somebody were to break out in a prophecy of tongues in a meeting, folks might... And the natural feel like maybe there's something odd going on here. No, it's supernatural. And it's sad that supernatural became odd to you. That's the kicker. When being citizens of heaven, supernatural beings, the supernatural becomes odd. (laughs) That's a problem. Okay. We got to get back to our DNA. We got to get back to what it means to walk according to the spirit by faith. If you tune in in relationship and start listening to him, I promise you he will speak to you. Jesus said, my sheep know me, they hear my voice, and they will not follow another. They follow me. That's one of the hallmarks of knowing him. Your natural attributes are never going to determine how he uses you. God using you is always based on how the Holy Spirit wishes to flow in and through you. And the Holy Spirit is a gift to us by faith, and he empowers willing vessels. So by faith, you can be, have, and do anything God says. Amen. Amen. You know what that means? There are no limitations. You are not a person of a limitation. Amen. You are not a person who's trying to overcome li- limitations as if right. they're the greater power. Right. Amen. You are more than an overcomer through Christ, who strengthens you.
0: What a great encouragement from the Lord. Hello again, we want to invite you to subscribe to this ministry. We would love to hear from you. Contact us at our website, www.HarvestChurchKnoxville.com. Click on the connect button and leave us a message. We'll respond to you just as soon as we can. You can also interact with us on Facebook at Harvest Church. Our request is that you pray for us and also pray about financially supporting this ministry so it can continue to go out. No gift is too small. If you have a local church, please don't neglect it in your giving whenever giving to this ministry. There's three easy ways to give and all our giving options are secure. Your first option is at our website, again, www.harvestchurchknoxville.com. Click on the Give button and follow the steps. Your second option is via text. Send a text to 865-366-4993 with the amount that you wish to give in the message section. Your third option is via snail mail. Send it to Harvest Church. 6720 Kern Road that's K-E-R-N Knoxville, Tennessee 37918 If you are in the Knoxville, Tennessee area and you don't have a church home we invite you to come and be with us we'd love to see you Again, thank you for listening Our prayer for you is that you grow in your knowledge of Christ Jesus and experience great increase of grace and peace Remember, Jesus really loves you.